When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. <laughs> Hey everyone's fans, Mark Allred here, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are recording episode 187 brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 when you sign up for a free account. I need to welcome in my friend Heather Ingerson. She is my the best co-host. How's it going, Heather? Thank Pumping you. Pumping a little tires there. Happy Sunday. Thanks for pumping my tires, even though most of the week you're like, you're angry. I am angry this week. I don't know why I'm so like bitchy this week, but I really am. Yeah, I, I toned down my hatred for you uh, before we do the show. So I, you're, you're on Twitter now and, and now it's it's just... Yeah, but I'm not really on Twitter because I still don't know what I'm doing. So I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like the teenager at work last night told me like what the ads and this and the, what they do. I like, I don't know. I'm not adding that in until I know what it does because I right. already already haven't been spell checking myself very well this week either like you know like <laughs> yeah a week i had to, i had to be a friend up tory krug and i'm like jesus great people just let him play his last games no matter how they are with his buddies and we'll deal with it later but on the flip side i kind of want to tweet to 
Don Sweeney. Please, Donnie, I need to know either way what's going to happen. I can't take it anymore. I just, All right. my heart so, can't. So you know how on Big Bad Bruins, they kept playing the Marcy Gray song there, whatever, with Heinen, which, you know, I was sad about the Heinen too. If Tory Krug does not resign with the Bruins, you're going to have to have like Metallica's fade to black just in right. the background or something like that, <laughs> which strangely I think is actually a happy song. <laughs> but, All right. Uh, before, before we continue, I just want to make sure that we are not going to drop any F-bombs on this. We are going to have some uh, new listeners, uh, some community members of uh, the town of Amesbury. So uh, I would appreciate that if we just tone it down just for this one. We'll get back to our regular stuff later on. No, okay. I just want to make sure that you know ahead of time. No, I know, but you I know how sometimes to tell you I in the do. No, you know how I do it accidentally stream of conscious? Yeah. All right. So... Um, we do have to get to a very important um, uh, topic. Uh, this is not Bruins related, but some it is kind of tied there in a history aspect. Uh, but uh, on Wednesday night, July 22nd, last week at 11 p.m., the, uh, the city, town, community um, lost a very, very valued member of um, its family in the uh, passing of Leo Dupree. Uh, Leo was born in Amesbury, Mass. in 1940. Uh, he started playing with the Amesbury Maples in the 1953-54 season at the age of 14. And he was playing against adults that were 18 and above, um, which was unbelievable. And if for those members out there, the listeners that don't know who the Amesbury Maples are, they were a semi-professional hockey team here in Amesbury, where I live and Heather lives. We have Amesburyites through and through. But there was, um, it was widely known as one of the best amateur teams uh, throughout um, America. And uh, they traveled everywhere to play. And if, if you wanted to challenge this team, this team would actually go and make ways to find, uh, find game time. So um, Leo graduated from Amesbury High School in 1959 and committed to Northeastern University in 1960. Uh, at Northeastern, Dupree set several scoring records between 1961 and 1964, named MVP three times. Um, unbelievable athlete. Uh, he, this, this is where he got um, Olympic roster, you know, eyes. Uh, a lot of people were coming to scouting him out. Uh, he played uh, minor pro for the Boston Olympics, I believe. And um, just a unreal, unreal, unreal player. And, uh, you know, uh, he was a Amesbury High School coach from 1964 to 1981, where he amassed 222 wins, 100 losses, and 38 ties. Uh, he was a Cape Ann League Coach of the Year three times, Massachusetts State Champion in 1971 and 1972, and Cape Ann League titles in 1974 and 1982. So, um, what well, thoughts on Mr. Dupree? Uh, we both had him as a teacher at, at the Amesbury Middle School as an athletic director, and um, I, it just it's a tough loss. And uh, this is actually like my first, and I'm not I'm not proud of this, but this is my first maple that I'm actually going through a loss that I actually knew. Uh, a lot of the guys that I do the research on for the Amesbury Maples legend series on the black and gold hockey.com uh, website um, are, are, are just 
folks that I've done research on and I've reached out to families and gotten more information about character uh, from them. But this is somebody I knew personally. My dad knew him for a long time after co- uh, teaching at the Amesbury Middle School and in the Amesbury School System for many years. So, uh, Heather, what are your thoughts on the, um, the passing of a, of a hockey legend? Well, like suddenly I... It's like, I knew this would be sad, but like now I'm feeling sad because it's beyond just how awesome of an athlete was. Like he affected thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. He was like an institution in this town. Know what I mean? And also really fun gym teacher. I couldn't remember what was the name of that game, handball or something. It was a weird like cross between hand lacrosse and soccer. It was some like game we used to play in gym class. I can't remember what it was called, but he was just awesome. And I, he, to me, is like, he's like the old school coach in the most awesome ways or like the old school gym teacher in the most awesome ways. Like for me, like I'm a girl that kind of grew up in the first era of chicks can play sports, you know what I mean? But it would still be funny because nobody, especially in middle school, like boys don't want to play baseball with girls and shit like that. So Dupree would always crack me up because on one hand he'd say stuff like, oh, come on, everyone knows girls can't play baseball. And then you like lodge the ball up in the top and he's like, what's up boys? You think girls can't play baseball? Like he just like things like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, but you had, when you had posted, you kind of said, right? Like he pushed everyone to be the best athlete they could be but he also just kind of pushed you to be the best person like not everybody can teach you life lessons and teach you how to implement them and you get it outside of say when you're in the locker room or whatever but like he was that dude that for I mean decades right impacted this town a lot of people so hearts and prayers to family friends all that but to this town too because it is a big loss yeah and and my the the research that I've done Um, he was the benefiting factor of many years of development before he was, um, even playing hockey, uh, when he was, after he was born in 1940. But I mean, he had, he had people like Alphonse Pickard, uh, Archie Cloutier, uh, Freddie Fournier. These types of names were, were, um, folks that played before him, passed down the knowledge, and then he's the middleman. And then literally took that away and uh, ran and took the ball and ran with it on developing, taking that knowledge and developing um, uh, the, the youth of, uh, of his time. So that's what I really love about the research projects on this Ames Bay Maples hockey team is, is the continued um, tutelage to the youth and, and, and the effort to keep things alive, keep things going, uh, keep the team moving forward, um, play hard, represent your community uh, accordingly and i i just think this is it's definitely the best part of the project is learning how the character of of these people were when they were just out there playing the sport that they love but it meant so much to them you know what i mean and his coaching abilities were, were uncanny it was second to none and and I believe that a lot of that came from um, the 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 words passed down from a player a player and former coach and high school coach Albie uh, Albie Roy you know and Albie's well known in this area for being an outstanding hockey player you know going to Canada and and learning the game up there and coming back down here and and perfecting it and and teaching everybody else the way the Canadian old school system was back in the in the 20s and 30s so 
Um, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And, and I just want to uh, read something that um, Amesbury resident Claire Roy uh, sent me in a Facebook message because um, they grew up close to where uh, the flats were in Amesbury, Mass, where the rinks would be flooded and so on. But um, Claire says, my husband, which her husband is the son of Albie Roy, which is just an unbelievable thing. Uh, just told me a story about Dubry. He would go to the Stewart skating rink after the rink closed, they would leave the lights on for him. He would practice, 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 shooting puck, handling how, uh, how the boards would hit, see the angle of it, how it came off. Um, and he just, he worked really hard for what he achieved. Uh, then he would be clear the ice, uh, put a new uh, thing of water down uh, for the people to skate on it the next day. So it just, a guy that perfected his craft and, 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 and taught it very well. So um, we definitely want to uh, say our condolences to the uh, Dupree family. Um, thoughts with all the friends and family uh, throughout that, the community, because it was uh, Wednesday when everybody found out, um, it, was, it was a little touching moment for me and so on. Because, you know, my, saying my dad was a teacher and knew Leo very well, played hockey with Leo at the uh, old Amesbury Arena before school and after school and with, with uh, Jim Calabogas. And, you know, it was just, it, you had a, it was like family back then when, when, even though I was a child and I really didn't know much, but, you know, when we did like family get togethers and so on, Leo was always, you know, very nice and so on. And then obviously having, having a teacher and, you know, just, it's a, it's, it's a, it was a tough day. So, um like i said condolences definitely but um yeah I, I was just thinking it's very important to what just one last thing about it's funny because with the heritage like the maples just hockey right because this is new england and we have a huge connection to you know ontario and the maritimes and whatever you know in this town there's a lot of fr like the hockey started as kind of a thing the French Canadian immigrants brought to town and it's what bonded them, like you said. And then we had instant, like as it grew and Dupree was kind of that middle, right? Cause he spawned the next generation of Maples, high school, hotshot, you know, whatever yeah. and passed it down. And those are the guys, even though they didn't have say youth hockey, like, to, like if you talk to anybody over the age of like 45, they'll probably say they never played organized hockey ever. They played in high school or middle school, you know, like once you got a little older, like they're really, it exploded after they won the cups in the early seventies. So that he, not only did he pass on his knowledge, he got from all the guys that came from before him, right. As kind of marks of this town and whatever pride, he passed it off to the next generation of leaders who hopefully will spawn the next. And let me name, let me I, name I mean, a few. Let me name a few. Steve Klein, um, George, George Dodier, um, Jack Morrill. Jack Morrill, you know what I mean? All those players were benefiting factors of Leo's uh, tutelage coming down. And, you know, he was a hard coach. A lot of people I talk to in my research, when I get together with them, they say he was, he, he demanded the best out of you and he got the best out of you. And I think that even back then, pushing so hard made people be better about, uh, about themselves, not only on the ice, but off the ice. It's how you push. You know what I mean? Being yeah. tough, it's how you're tough. You can be tough in a negative way or you can be tough in a good way. And I, he just always, at least what I observed knowing him, what it is. And I also was thinking the other day, I feel 
extra lucky I got to see him at the Mabel's Crossing breaking last year. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, we were, we were very, I was very lucky to say hello to him. Um, send, I gave him a card and sent him to send me an email, but um, it was unfortunate that we weren't able to connect. So uh, and that was, of, Oh, sorry. You know right. how our Bantams last year were the junior Maples. Uh, I got a picture of a couple of our Maples with Leo. So I'm happy Excellent. about that. I'm gonna yeah, send, that up on you're going to have to send me that picture when I, um, when I write an article about him and put him in the uh, Amesbury Maples legend series, that's probably going to come out in the next week or two. So absolutely. All right. Um, uh, with that being said, and it's a sad moment uh, for all Amesbury members that uh, had that had the you know opportunity to meet him, <clears throat> but um, we got to move on. So, um, and he would want us to. Yeah, yeah, he would want us to truck on, you know, okay, suck it up me. and me. yeah, suck it up and move on. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, we do have to talk about our show sponsored betonline.ag. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly coming back. The NHL is coming back. Baseball is already playing. Basketball starting to heat up. Golf. It, things are starting to return in, in the professional sports. So um, uh, betonline.ag has the best odds, lines, and the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? Betonline.ag has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? Betonline.ag has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Please use code CLNS50 when you do that, folks. CLNS50. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So, Heather. Yes. I love BetOnline.ag. I know you do. You talk about them every week. It's like you're. I try to. No, I'm just kidding. I try to. I try to do my part. BetOnline.ag is cool. So, are you betting on baseball again? Mm, I haven't yet. I am going to, if there's. If we get this thing done and there's some four o'clock or some later games, I will be doing that certainly. But um, that, do I get, it with caution, it's a socks are hot, huh? Yeah. The see what they yeah. do with no fans in the stands. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about the Boston Bruins and their flight today. They are leaving today yeah. for the hub bubble in Toronto. Hockey's coming back. I don't think there's any stopping now. I think we're at the point of the threshold that we're ready to cross and get this sport back into shape and finally uh, acknowledge a Stanley Cup champion. So thoughts on moving forward from here? You've got to be super happy, girl. I'm super happy. Um, I'm, I mean, a little sad, obviously, because of Tory Krug and all that, and that's all anybody's talking about this week. It's like, Jesus, can't we just be happy they're going to play hockey? But uh, I think things are looking good to go. Uh, you know, they're off. We still, at the time of this recording, are not quite sure if Kasha, whether he's getting benched or not, is getting on the plane. Again, we'll talk about that in a few. You know, there's still things that are up in the air, but I think overall they had a great training camp. I think people look good. They look relaxed. They look like they're back in form, and I follow all the other teams. Like, it's going to be fun. Like, teams are ready to bring it. You know, like Edmonton's doing it for Colby, which is, again, all weeks. Like, oh, yeah, keep it up. You know, when they all had number 12 on yesterday, whatever. I'm just excited. They're going to get there. 
uh, they got to isolate from everyone for five days. Like they don't get to go with anyone but their own traveling parties, but they're off to the bubble. And how can you not be excited? They're about to finally play again. I'm not worried about Tuca's finger. I'm not worried about anything. Uh, I agree with you. I think once we get in there, by the end of round robin, we're going to know if it's going to be able to proceed because all the tests will be in. They'll be isolated. And the chief content officer has been on everywhere talking about and it's like starting to look nice in these arenas i don't know how you feel about those but it's starting to look i'm getting excited it can go really well or really bad but badly but it's looking like it might be cool what they're gonna do with these screens and everything like that and not have cardboard cutouts which i support i mean i think it's fun for baseball it's a giant state or whatever but hockey if you can make it tight and intimate the cameras don't have to go far they've added things and i think the boys for everyone out there that keeps saying, oh, the Bruins, it's not the same. Yes, obviously, it's a level playing field. That's what's going to make it so exciting. But I don't think the Bruins might win because they're just my team. I think they're still the best team in hockey. There are very few teams, I think, if, they, if everything goes right, that can stop us. And it's going to be fun. Off yeah. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Thanks. Super stoked to get this thing going. Um, what are you uh, looking most forward to? Just, Just – the, the, the sense of normalcy, again, as a Bruins fan, as a sports fan in general, and I, I, you know, and I, I don't do other sports. I, I try to get my fill of hockey as much as I can. That's why the, the office is built the way it is, so I can, I can feed that need. But um, I, I watched the Red Sox game the other day, and I was like, wow, this is just – it's something it's something moving forward. And I just think once I see my first hockey game – I'm probably going to be absolutely shit-faced and enjoy. So, you know, I can't wait. Like I said on the Twitter, I'm like, I can't, I can't even wait till Tuesday, man. I'm ready to go. Please just put hockey back on. Swear to God, if it doesn't come back on, something happens and on the Saturday or whatever, they're like, just kidding. um, No, I'm just kidding. But one thing, one thing that's kind of concerning a little bit is just the, 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 the Pasternak and Kasha saga is continuing, and it's going right to the 11th hour. I, I'm assuming the Bruins have left or about to leave. We are recording on uh, Sunday, July 26th. 26th. I'm terrible with dates. It's bubble day. That's why I know it's bubble day. I like so, dates, though. So this is a tough one because – there's so many ways of speculation on, on going on right now. Is is Kasha COVID? Is he can he can he um, can he pass a test? Is he doing false negatives, which keep him out um, because of uh, Kasha? Possibly air quotes being um, positive. Is that concern for Hastanak moving forward? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, all I know is that the current situation right now is I don't think Canada is going to let him in until he at least passes a test. Yeah. So with that being said, how do you feel about his roster spot? Obviously, that that's the team that they want to go with. But if you can't travel all together, is there any concern about that at all or um, possible suspension news. I'm. I don't. I really haven't gotten fully into the whole, um, you know, suspension thing. But what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts is well. First of all, just in general, I don't. If it's gonna be a team disciplinary thing, if we're, all right. What? So we're gonna go here. So. Oops. For me, sorry. I re- like. I'm not gonna rant, okay? And because I can't, I don't want to swear. But. Um. 
If it's a disciplinary thing, then yes, I think Pasta should have his butt benched for at least a game two. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever. Because they've been up on each other, doing everything together for months and months and months and months. So whatever, if it is a disciplinary issue, you can make the trail that they should both be in trouble. It's probably the same thing, right? I don't understand that because I do think it's more of a testing issue or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so like for David Pasternak, it's like all signs point he's getting on the plane, not a problem, right? But it kind of begs to make you wonder then why wasn't he on the practice, right? If the person maybe he's been in contact with that has it is caught, you, you know, like, like I said to you the other day, they absolutely don't have to disclose anything, but as an organization can say, you know, whatever, like Kasha is not traveling with the team tomorrow, but we expect him to fly in on Monday. Cause there is a couple day leeway before they close the bubble totally. And then it's no one in or out until the families can come in during the later rounds. So I don't, I don't know. I do. I think there's a possibility. Yeah. Like neither of them have been, they had that one time and neither of them been seen nor hide nor hand, not practicing anyone else or anything like that. So that leads me to believe they've both been in an isolation period. That makes me nervous just because I don't know, but his roster spot and I guess whatever, everyone says to Nika there, I lean more towards Carson Kuhlman at least has playoff experience. Cause as I said, like, let's just say like, I'm not anti-prospect just because I'm not, cause again, I get nervous. Like the weak link in the chain, like once we're on the ice with some of the heavy hitters, they're going to take them out. They go after our bit. Like people go after Zidane Char. You think they're not going to try and take out Stadnika. And I also don't want anyone to get rattled, like, you know, and what useful will that be to us? You know, like, I don't know, just how it slots. I kind of feel like then we should have just had Bjork, Bjork practicing with DeBrusque and Krejci the whole time and let Stadnika have been the practice run for the top line. That makes more sense to me because at least he's been playing like perfect, like I'm not anything against him, but he bumped up into a spot and we kept him. Yeah, they've, they've been, um, if you look at the practice um, lineups, uh, throughout the two weeks of camp that Pasternak and Kasha have not been there. I mean, they were there for that one practice. That's it. But if you look at the scrimmage lineups and so on, uh, you can see uh, Studica and Bjork bouncing up between the second and first line. So, um, and, B and Bjork is like due for a, a breakout. Uh, Lucas Pearson, uh, blackandgoldhockey.com writer, uh, one of our 24 great writers uh, wrote a really good good article about his expectations of Bjork um, in these playoffs, regardless of where he is in the uh, in the top 12. So, um, I mean, there's there's a positive right there because Bjork does have that experience that you're talking about. I like the idea of Stanika, um, but I do want to tread lightly because this is the playoffs and and. As much as Brad Marchand came out and said that it's going to be sloppy hockey at first, mm. uh, sloppy hockey can also lead to some really bad um, tens. You know, you, you don't want a rookie to be um, uh, lost in a shuffle in a particular time like this. A, a regular season game, yeah, if you made a mistake, uh, it's how you recover. But if you make a mistake in the playoffs, it could, it could end a series. So I, I do completely understand with what you, where you're going with that. So, do you, so I just want you to know, you like when you said I was anti-prospect when we were texting, you know I'm not anti-prospect. I just am leery because I've seen too many times prospects been put, I mean, this is the frying pan of all frying pans to be thrown into, right? So I'm not opposed to him slotting in on a right side, you know what I mean? I'm just 
like, again, too much too soon and you risk, again, like it's already going to be sloppy enough, quote unquote, with the guys who are always, you know, like the best guys in the league, you know? He's still messing it up and you know what now he's not doing it like we don't need that on him too because you don't want to shatter someone's confidence we've seen that happen a few times that and that too and like I said I mean like Carson Coleman and he Coleman was playing up for a while but then he got hurt and he never really got a chance to come back and maybe re-earn his spot somewhere in the 12 so I don't know so it's not a anti Jackson Nika, I think he'll be awesome when he slots in and there's a thing. But going into the playoffs, it doesn't make me anti-prospect to also do want to rely on some veterans or people with at least a little more what's going to happen if Petrangelo comes over and smashes you. Like, do you know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. No, no. And I get that. But You can um, look great, but it's one thing to look great on the ice with your own team during a camp than it is in game situation. That's all I'll say. I'll let you go. Completely understand that. And I will let you know that if nothing was going was happening with uh, Pasternak and Kasha, and they were all and the whole team was going to a bubble healthy without all this um, unfit to play air quote crap, I I don't see a spot on the lineup for Jack Sidnika. He did not win out. I just I really think that this team was going to go and roll the dice with the team that got them 100 points. I've said this several freaking times in, in, in recent podcasts. They believe, Cassidy believes in what he had, and, and, and getting that 100 points and being the best team in the league, that's awesome. So you roll with it. This is now a curveball. This is the COVID curveball, um, and it's just putting me into a weird place because it's like, well, where do you slot these kids in when they don't have much experience? There's going to be a ton of pressure. You know, I do believe in it. I do believe in the system. But, you know, there's always that factor of mistakes. I mean, we all make them, but it's, it's that, I don't know. The it's young just kid weird. Takes, yeah, the young kid takes a hit for their mistakes a lot more than – a veteran does you know what I mean like in one way it's like oh I can't believe you know so and so did that but a young kid will be like oh see they're not right you know and all that negative and I just don't want to go there uh I am feeling anxious because I don't you know I don't like messing up lines anyways unless you really need to so it's already driving me there but I'm not gonna panic until the the exhibition game because that's another five days away or four days away or whatever so even if Kasha doesn't get on the plane today. He may fly out tomorrow because if he is, if it is whatever, potentially coronavirus related, maybe he too is blowing, you know, like you said, false negatives. So they don't know either way. And even though after it's been almost two weeks, he's not showing signs. You don't know he's not asymptomatic. So it could just be a matter of that. And same thing with Pasternak though. You want to talk about sloppy. Like I love pasta, but I don't know if I'm getting a hot mess in his own head, kind of skating by the blue line pasta playing with the puck, or if I'm getting rocket Rashad pasta when he gets back. Cause I haven't seen him play either except for the one day. Yeah. Your hands still look great kid, but like skating and like, you know, the conditioning and all those other things. That's what makes me nervous is even if they are both healthy enough to travel and play or whatever, like, now they're playing two weeks of catch up cardio wise and things like that. Yeah. I was just about to ask you that, you know, and you just answered it for me. So I was going to say, you know, uh, is the time away or only having one ice session with the teammates and then being pulled off because of precautionary reasons 
or protocol, whatever you want to call it, um, not being with the club heading into the bubble, is that a disadvantage for the Boston Bruins when you don't have a, a, a high caliber uh, sniper like uh, Pasternak and a, and a, and a, a player like uh, Kasha who can uh, pretty much you can slot anywhere up and down the lineup? I definitely think it's nerve-wracking to not have the option. You know what I mean? Again, whatever you do with Kasha, if he can come or not come, that's, again, I, like I always say to you, unless it's coming from Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, or Bruce Cassidy, it's not real to me. Do you know what I mean? Like once it's like quoted from them making a statement, then I'll know what's going on and that it's the official whatever. Uh, yes, it does. It just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's hard to say what's happening. I think too, like there's not, in one sense, it is a sense of normalcy. They're going to go back. There's going to be games, la, 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 finish up the season. But on the other hand, it's so unconventional what they're walking into. It's nerve-wracking enough. And you're walking in there. The whole thing's different, but yet completely the same at the same time. And that, I mean, people have to pop off from the gate. So even if there are still issues and they at least can travel with the team and get in the bubble and say you don't see them again, until as long as everyone can be together a couple days before the first round of the playoff starts, I think I'll be all right. But if we're still in this weird limbo of where in the world is pasta, Nakakasha, whatever, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I just can't. And that and the tour. Was that coming San Diego? It was, yes. Oh my God, that brings me back. Show. Oh my genius. or whatever, it was the best video. Wow, you just ever. gave me another gray hair. Computer game or whatever. I remember Mr. Judge would be like, don't touch the center thing <laughs> on the floppy disk. Kids, floppy disks were things, not those hard disks you might find every now and then in your old people in your life, but actual floppy floppy disk with film they were like a thousand dollars heather you like, might oh, you, you want me to touch oregon trail heather you might like this but oh you might not either okay because <laughs> i'll age you but caddyshack turned 40 yesterday it's been all over everywhere yeah <laughs> i love that i was like when i saw that i was like yeah i got a gray hair just just from that mention my favorite part of that's when he's when bill murray's going don't Hello, Mr. Goldford. Don't worry about me. Just me, Mr. Squirrel, or whatever. I don't know the exact line, but that thing when he's like, I'm not going to blow you up or whatever. <laughs> just think, that's just funny. That my favorite My favorite was, uh, was of that movie was uh, when he, when, um, oh, I can't remember his name. But he launches a ball into the apartment and he goes in there and he's got that big joint. Mm hmm. He says it's a mixture of Mississippi red and Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> I made it myself. <laughs> That's a good movie. It is a I great think movie. now that I'm older and have kids, I'm like, why would my parents have let me watch that movie? <laughs> I was like six when I watched Caddyshack, but now that yeah. I'm like, now it's all politically like, also, correct. Things were different when you were a kid in the '80s. Kids out there that weren't kids, at least in the '80s, like it was a different time. <laughs> I do want to mention one thing before we move on to our next topic. Heather, you're going to take the road on this one um, for the rest of the way on the uh, topic mentions. Okay. But um, I do want to mention that um, uh, per our rear admiral at RA's ad, um, he's a Spit and Chicklets uh, co-host, recently followed me and then unfollowed me, um, mentioned that um, Eddie Shack, former Bruin, passed away this morning. Um, I'm not sure details on how old he was, but uh, I will say that uh, research of Eddie Shack is impressive, but 
when you get that character feeling from him, listen to the uh, podcast that he's been on recently. Um, he was a great guy. What a funny, funny guy. And uh, really loved the game of hockey and traveling, family and, and teammates. It was just unbelievable. So uh, rest in peace, former Bruin, Eddie Shack. Yeah, rest in peace. So Heather, where we go to now? Okay, so we talked a little bit about what we're expecting in the bubble. You know, they each team's going to have their own floor, whatnot. I, like I said, it sounds like it's very serious. These hygiene officers are not messing around about your face masks and social distancing and whatnot, which is good. So I thought maybe we could talk a little about uh, the first four games exhibition and the three round-robin games. I guess that's what they're being called, right? Playing versus sure. round-robin games. Hit me with uh, it. And I'll just say whatever will go down the list i was too lazy to look up like where where the show uh where the uh, games are broadcasting so i know uh, i know i know i know um per a friend of mine who knows a producer at nesson uh there's going to be two of three games that are going to be televised on nesson so nesson's going to have four cameras in the building in toronto scotia bank arena Jack and Brick are going to be back in the studio doing it remotely. So, um, well, yeah, they had their plexiglass. It was showing them putting up all that. Yeah. So, uh, they will do that. And after the playing rounds or what we're calling a round Robin, uh, NBC will have the world feed out of Toronto from there on out. So Nesson will have, um, a little, some, a little taste of what's going on, but, the rest of the way going into the cup final is all going to be on NBC. Yeah. In Edmonton, it's the same thing. Uh, they're using uh, uh, Sportsnet as their Canadian broadcaster. I'm sure they're going to do uh, minor feeds uh, in the playing round and so on, and then take complete control of when when things really get aggressive and heading down to the uh, the cup final. So. Yeah, everything looks like it's mostly on uh, Sportsnet, obviously for the Canadian broadcast. MS. Yeah, I always say that. NBC Sports, regular NBC, because our first game Sunday is on regular NBC, I think. Uh, and sports, I mean, uh, the NHL Network, for anybody who has that, obviously, you probably will get a lot of the games, too. Uh, all right, so the first game that we play is actually the exhibition game against the Columbus Blue Jackets next Thursday, the 30th. 7 p.m. We played two games against them this year, which, again, we know means crap because now it's been five you know, months or whatever, but uh, we did not have the best run. They beat us twice, once regular and once in one of our lovely overtime losses. Uh, what say you? How do you think that is that a good, I think that's a good warm up game for the Bruins because Columbus, maybe they're kind of like a middle pack if you look at the whole league team stat wise, but they are a good team, you know? Uh, for me, honestly, I'll tell you something right now. This is a game that the Bruins might want to take seriously. Now, hear me out, okay? Listeners, YouTube viewers, and you, Heather. This is the thing. I kind of have a feeling that Columbus might be around a little longer. I don't know this for a fact because who knows what Columbus Blue Jackets, you're gonna, what team you're going to get. You, are you going to get the team that is so aggressive against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Last year in the first round, that swept them. Um, I don't know. You probably could. But this is really going to come down to goaltending. 
And if that Elvis Merceleakins uh, character is on top of his game, even after all of this rest and uh, two-week, uh, air quote, uh, training camp, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So you have to get to a goaltender like this. You have to get him rattled. It doesn't matter if it's exhibition or not, but play it like it's a playoff game. So I would seriously expect – a playoff lineup. I'm not sure if you would actually see uh, some of the black aces in this one. Hopefully they do, because I'd like to see what happens and so on. But on the other end of the stick, and, and during COVID times like this, and the schedule that's going to be coming up in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, you got to plan ahead. I mean, who knows if, if Columbus goes even that further, but you still want to be ready. I just think this exhibition game is going to be a little more important than th- people think. Yeah, I think that's one thing people like, oh, especially even like, oh, well, now the Bruins are playing for seeding. Yeah, well, that can determine everything, right? Because there are certain teams like a Columbus that we struggle with. They might not always be recognized as one of the better teams, and they've certainly had their own problems. But what they've done as a team, considering they are not the same team they were last year, like, all the big names see ya. Like, you're not here anymore. And they are still – they might not have made the playoffs in the regular thing, but we had a lot of teams in the East that might may or may not have been in the wild card or whatever situation. Um, I agree with you. I think it should be who you're planning on playing Philly. Do you know what I mean? Like, if possible, again, we don't know, Kasha, possible, whatever. I don't think that's the time you black aces. Now, maybe during the round robin, if you want to – throw, you know, on the third and fourth line, let them get a little feel, warm up. That's one thing. I agree with you too about the goal because Columbus has two young goaltenders. So no matter who's in net. Yeah, Corpus Rock them a little. Yeah, because yeah. They, they, this is the first time. Uh, Elvis is kind of the new Jordan Bennington. Like you're a little older. Good comparison. Young enough as a goaltender, you could have a good few year run, you know, but um, I mean, who knows? I mean, look at Bennington. You know how I feel about him and I still, you know, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I think that Columbus is going to be a good matchup too because for everyone's complaining about the Bruins. Sorry, I have a sign that says don't swear. I was, <laughs> um, <laughs> complaining about <clears throat> the Bruins and we weren't tough enough against the Blues, which I don't think was necessarily the problem. I still say scoring was a bigger problem than the toughness. We didn't finally agree on something. <laughs> but once we started letting them out, out, pace us in you know like control it then we had lost it to them because they are you know we're so columbus is a good for that like hello boys remember what it's like to play a kind of bang 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 because no matter what anyone says about last year it was an easy run this and that i was worried about playing columbus in the second round because of the way they were playing and because they are big bodies and because they know how to use those big bodies like you know it doesn't yep. matter if you get pummeled to death all day long so Bounce back from that. Okay, good. We had a good warm-up against a kind of heavier lifting team. Now let's go play Philly, who's more of a, you know, thing. Want to talk about that? First real game for the yeah. East. Yeah. Philly's going to be a good second. one. Because you're going to get into a, a – just with, like, Elvis Merzlikens and so on, uh, you're going to get right into the first game of the uh, the playing round, round robin, uh, and you're going you're gonna to face a, a hot goaltender in Carter Hart, um, you know, He's got back issues right now. Uh, from everything that I've read from um, uh, Philly papers, or uh, I'm sorry, Philly, you know, websites and so on, and listening to the um, the uh, Pod Street Bullies podcast with with Bob and uh, and John Gove, those guys do a fantastic job. 
Um, Carter Hart is going currently going through some back pro- troubles. I'm not sure if it's going to hold them out of these games, but um, if it does, I you really got to take advantage of the goaltending on that. There's no reason why, even in sloppy hockey game one in the playing round, you have to put pucks on net to a goaltender that's probably not going to be used to it. And I understand everybody's starting on an even plane here when it comes to goaltending and starting off. Everybody's going to be rusty and so on. I get it. But uh, some of these guys were on some serious runs. And if you can rest up like Tuka Rast does, and, and we've seen – and we're heavily biased on the Bruins podcast here, but we've seen what Tuga can do on a week or two rest after he's done decompressing and, and getting a little bit of uh, extra you know, time off away from the rink, away from the ice, um, away from the team. He comes back very focused and, 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 and determined. So, I mean, everything's just like going to come at us at once. But for me, it's goaltending in, in a lot of these rounds that are really going to have to be able to, to take the the ball and run with it. Yeah, which is ironic because they're the ones whose like brain times and stuff have to be the quickest and like like they could use a plus two on anybody skating and shooting. Do you know what I mean? Like a couple extra days on that. So no, it'll be interesting. But Philly's another team like Columbus. Uh, we beat them obviously. That Philly was our last game on the tenth of March before we shut down. They were hotter than the seventh ring of Dante's Inferno, whatever. Uh, but we lost to them twice in overtime too. And that's the thing is I'm not quite but sure one, how exactly we, the seeding point thing works yet. You know what I mean? Uh, we did win one game. We yeah, shut them we out. The the last, last, and we won the last game too. Yeah, the last game of the total, the regular season. We beat them two to nothing. Took yeah. a rash shout out, by the way. Uh, so then we Wednesday, the 5th of August. I can't believe it's August already. Jeez, I know. Louise. I Crazy. can't believe we're talking about hockey in August. This is so strange. Crazy. Okay. So, uh, four o'clock. Oh, sorry. The Philly game's at three o'clock. That's on NBC. Uh, the Tampa Bay game on Wednesday is on at four o'clock. Uh, Tampa's Tampa. I mean, what do you say? Like this game's obviously Tampa and Boston are weird because for a decade now, we've both been kind of the same team, maybe not the same makeup, but kind of the same, like top of the run packs, but what kind of team are you going to get? Like, you know, like, so that ought to be a good game, I think. And like, I don't, I don't know how seriously everyone's going to, especially the top four teams in each conference are going to go heavier, go hard. Are they going to kind of try to go medium heavy and maybe let some of the younger guys get a little look before the actual playoffs start? I don't know, but Tampa Bay, as always, they usually beat us. So we lost to them once and they beat us in overtime too. Oh, we lost twice to them. Sorry, beat us in overtime. Mad about that overtime because we had that game, the whole game, whole game. (sighs) For me, the whole thing with – with that is is goaltending again is what you're going to see out of Vasilevsky, um, and as a forward, the impending participation of uh, Stephen Stamkos is you know because he's having some injury troubles. Um, he could be back as soon as possible, um, but definitely definitely um, somebody that's going to. You know, Bears watching because he's a, he's a lethal lethal. I mean, everybody Kucherov on that, that on that sick. team. It's just it, they're absolutely disgusting, and and it makes me wonder how a team like um, like Columbus can just run them over like that. But there, I mean, it's proof in the pudding that you can get gassed. 
at a certain point. You can you could be a record breaking or a record tying freaking season by points in the regular season and just get so gassed in the playoffs that you don't have enough then you get out by a lower seed. But this is also a team that has a disgusting freaking lineup when you think about the offensive production that can be that can be brought out. And, um, you know, there's always that 50-50 you know, roll of the dice with, in, in the postseason with any of these teams, especially ones as, as, uh, as tight as, uh, as Tampa Bay. So, um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I would love to see a, a game in this playing round like we did with the um, – in 2000 uh, – I'm not sure. Was it 11? Uh, that series or the last game. Yeah, no penalties. No yeah. penalties. It was, it was, it was absolutely the, disgusting. Is that the one when Stamkos took the puck off the face? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, I was saying Vasilevsky has been the most consistent thing that they've had going for them. They're going to be hopped up on redemption, right? Because their whole year they've had to deal with, Ugh. for everyone who's saying it's not a big deal, it'd be the president's trophy winner. I do agree because sometimes to win the cup, it is not like, no, I want to be second. I don't want to be first or whatever, but we're going to see what happens if Vasilevsky can come off the bat being Vasilevsky, and we're going to figure out what's going to happen now. Last year, Hedman was struggling with injury and was in and out and stuff. That didn't help them in the uh, Tampa Bay in the first round last year at all. And obviously, Victor Hedman is Victor Hedman. So that ought to put a little wrench, too. And it ought, it's always exciting when Tampa Bay and Boston play each other. So I'm really pumped for that game. All right, Sunday, the 9th. Tampa at uh, Tampa Bay. We're going to play Washington sometime. I don't know. It's TBD. I'm guessing because they're trying to figure out what happens with the first 10 days of testing once they're in the bubble. Obviously makes sense. Good move. Good move. Uh, you know, as it goes with Washington, you win some, you lose some, you lose some in overtime. How I do you feel about them. Uh, see, uh, I'm going to gravitate to goaltending on this one too. It's weird. I'm, I'm a goaltender. I'm a puck eater, and I, I often do that. And I'm sorry if I, if I bore people with my goaltending talk. But it, it's, it's going to be interesting on what goaltender we actually see. Um, uh, Braden Holpe has the experience, has the cup. Um, but I'm not sure if he's actually brought it to his full extent. This is a contract year for him, too, by the way. I mean, he's a free agent. Next, nah, this went whenever the friggin' you know, the off season is. Um, and Elia Simsanoff is has been playing really, really well, turning a lot of heads as a prospect. And uh, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens, but wow, I mean, and he, oh, the offense, the offense is always going to be there. You got, oh, uh, you got OV that's that's constantly going to be a threat if you take a penalty. Nick Lindstrom, who I love, Nick Lindstrom, Nikki Backstrom, who I love so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another I great him Nick Lindstrom. I love him so much. I got him confused with a totally different player from a different era, but whatever. He gets um, so underrated sometimes. I think like oh him God, and Jonathan Huberdo are just like, like so forgotten up the middle in, in, in a lot of like uh, talks about good, good centers. Yeah, he's, I mean, I know, I mean, I mean, I was happy when Ovi got his cup or whatever thing, but I was twice as happy when Nikki got his cup too. And like, that was a moment when they turned around before they turned the mics down and didn't there. Um, and, um, so, so for me on this series, it's going to really matter of, of the, the trend on what's going on between these two organizations, because they obviously don't like each other. And, they, and, and Washington obviously 
really steps up their game when they play the Boston Bruins. And you can see it in the past. Um, we've had a little bit of luck towards the end. I think we've got a winning record with like two games the last time we played them. But before that, it was it, it's a, a terrible, terrible matchup, regardless of its postseason or regular season. Um, I, I've even passed up tickets to see these two play at TD Garden, and they were good seats down in the Loge. And I just said, I want to go see a game that the Bruins have potential to win. And with the trend that was going on against Washington and the group I was going with, Oh my God! If they lost, I, I don't know. I don't know. Tomorrow, the next day would have been a freaking terrible day. But anyway, uh, Hopi, uh, Hopi, he has been very. He struggled a lot this year. He did. That's why I was saying. Yeah, you mentioned he that Santana. He looked all right during camp. You know, not you know, up, but yeah, because Santana had to save his butt a few times this year. But uh. Whatever, it happens. No one's perfect. Like, everybody has bad years. You know what I mean? Some people make a career out of being hot, cold, hot, cold. Uh, he's very strange as a starting goaltender because you never know if he's going to play like a starting goaltender. Like, you look – like, when Vasilevsky or Tuka has a bad day – well, I mean, not if you're in Boston, but normal people, if they see a goaltender, they have a bad day. You're like, oh, they're still one of the top goaltenders in the league. They just had a bad day, and it was ugly, right? But with Holtby, it's like sometimes you don't feel like he's a starting goaltender. Like he's not in a good place where he's set or whatever it is. But I'm hoping we get him on that Sunday or whatever because – is it Sunday? I don't know. I already forgot. Yep, Sunday the ninth. All right, so those are the first games that we're playing. I can't wait. It seems like forever why they got to drag it out. Why? Because they're playing 105 games of hockey a day, which is going to be – awesome nobody's getting any sleep but at the same time you can still get to bed before you normally would for playoffs i'm just kidding right once it starts and you're like oh i'm only gonna watch one period of the west coast game and then you're like oh man and then next thing you know there's like well at least once upon a time i don't mind these i don't mind these four o'clock bruins games man get out of work come home start tossing back a couple drinks and then by the time the game's over at seven you got a nice little bun on and you're passed out, ready for work the next day. Say, whether Hold you're up. happy or mad, you're just going to be like, never mind, I'm done with today anyway. <laughs> uh, I thought um, someone had mentioned it, but we had kind of talked about doing it anyways, and I think we might have done it last week when the recording messed up. I don't know, but I just thought a quick, I'll just run down the matchups for the eight matchups for playing, and you just pick who you might pick. Uh, so we'll do the East, obviously. That's most important to us. And again, seeding. I am, I, I need to be one or two, depending for the seeding, because I don't want to be ranked number fourth after all of this. But Carolina versus the Rangers. I take the Rangers. You? Oh, I am going to go Carolina because of the Carolina defense. Uh, Jacob Slavin, uh, I think, is going to be a force in this. And also, um, I believe Noah, Noah Hannafin still plays for that team. No, it could be Calgary. I'm not sure. But Dougie Hamilton might be hurt again on some level, depending on what that level of injury is. Um, I think is going to make the difference. From the athletic Sarah Sivian, uh, fantastic writer for the Carolina Hurricanes, um, she mentions that uh, he could be playing. Yeah, close. That's what I said. Close. I'm not saying it's a major injury, but – and they've said it wasn't re-aggravation how he hurt his leg last season. Yeah. But uh, – I don't know. He was a player. Uh, I, you know how I feel about him, but he was hot. I want. I just want to clarify my mistake. Noah Hannafin does play for the Calgary Flames. He was traded for Dougie Hamilton. 
<laughs> My bad. Sorry. But no, no, no. That defense, that Carolina defense is very good. It's it's very good. Uh, goaltending still skeptic. I mean, I think they have James Reimer, and that's uh, uh, that's Steve Dangle's favorite favorite human being. By the way, I heard Steve Dangle's dog passed away. Mm. Yeah, and um, on a happier note, is he a baby? Yeah, last month he had a baby, Leo. <laughs> Oh my God! He kept that. They kept that quiet. They didn't say a single word. It was like the baby's here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought he was watching Adam Wilde's kid on the on one of his um on YouTube, Steve you know, Dangle podcast kid. videos. Holy crap! Congratulations, yeah. Steve Dangle and Mrs. There's Dangle. There's been a lot of hockey babies born in the last month, and probably of course. a lot more. Everybody gets it on born. in September, and then then they did they do their freaking hockey season, and by the time summer comes around. It's baby season. Baby season, exactly. Like unbelievable. Probably in the springtime, there'll be some baby season happening again in the NHL. Um, so let's see, Toronto versus Columbus. I'm taking Columbus because Toronto is still Toronto, and that's my answer. Yeah, I'm going Columbus because I hate the Leafs. Plain and simple, they don't have a defense. Uh, you cannot rely on Freddie Anderson, even though he's a good goaltender and so on. Yep, you don't know what he's, gonna, what he's going to do with a terrible defense in front of him. The, the offense can be a benefiting factor of, of, of a winning style if you can put as many pucks in the net. I mean, you have Matthews, you have Tavares, you have, uh, you know, um, what's his name? Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner, yeah. You know, yeah. And you, you have those guys in there. They could definitely put those up there. Put those goals up there to uh, get a little gap between um, losing and, uh, you know, a, a tight game. More goals is always good. Yeah, but too much offense and not enough defense is never good. And no, I, know. I don't want them to win. I think Columbus is going to beat them, but I like the irony of Toronto not even making the first round in their yeah. own building. That kind of makes me happy. <laughs> Sorry, Leafs fans, but wah, I'm just saying. That's not because I think anybody in this is a joke. I mean, if you're going to have to have 12 teams on each side start, whatever. But um, all right, so what are we doing now? Pittsburgh, Montreal. I want to pick Montreal because I'm sick of Pittsburgh, but let's face it, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, and they are meant for the playoffs, and Montreal was not meant for the playoffs. Gravitating to goaltending again on, in this series, it's, it's really going to be up to what Carey Price does. Um, the veteran has, has, has always been the type of player that you could put uh, any situation on his shoulders, and he can run with it, but he can also be that type of goaltender that, gets frustrated when he's like the guy to go to, to save games. I, I, I mean, I hate Montreal in all, in all respect. I want Pittsburgh to win, but, and this could be a sneakily good team for, um, for them. And um, I don't know. We'll see what I happens. Their problem is like we talk about sometimes, sometimes your team's a little too young and they're still having that like transitioning, like, which is so funny with Coach Clark. Jay Weber's right? coming like, back too. Yeah, and, and he oh already killed God, the goal. He already you. killed his practice goaltender. <laughs> but you um, see that? I love Carey Price, but I have a feeling if things go bad in this round robin, we're gonna have a Patrick Roy moment, but Ooh. with Carey Price, <laughs> and it's not gonna be pretty. And it's not gonna be pretty all around. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that to be true, but that's all I can think is. Carey Price is aging out. He wants to, you know, like 
he wants to at least feel like he might win a cup. You know, that's all he's asking. He knows he's probably not going to win one if he stays here, but he just wants to feel like maybe they could win a round, you know, or something. Uh, no, but I do, I do agree. Like Montreal, I think could, but I think maybe they're just inexperienced because they haven't been a playoff team too. So even the young kids who have had a little couple of years experience playing up on the NHL level, like th- that I think is going to be their biggest detriment. Also like if Malkin starts popping off, like just whatever. To me, you know how I feel. I love Malkin. Everybody loves Crosby, not me. I love Malkin. I think he's always been in the shadow of Sidney. Like, yes and no. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he doesn't get recognized, but like, I'm still mad he didn't win the Conn Smythe a couple of years ago when they won the cup. How can you be have the most points in the playoffs and not win the Conn Smythe? That doesn't make sense. Like, hey, your team won the cup. Did um, you? Hit, and- did you? Hey, did you hear on Chicklets the um, the game he had five assists and was smashing his stick after the game, pissed off. Because he didn't get a goal. Yeah. He went five then, freaking helpers, man. Then when they came in, like, Ovi used to chirp him all the time. But he didn't know how to speak English. And Ovi was a little better at the English. So, like, uh, it was interesting because we didn't get the dynamic of them coming from Russia, like, or their right. personalities yet. But it's funny. to right. watch. So, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Malkin is sick. So, if he goes off, yeah, he might be smashing crap. Who knows? See what happens. But. All right, so Islanders, Panthers. I'm going to take the Panthers. I trust in Coach Q, and I think they have some – I think they're a little underrated. They haven't performed the way that they should have maybe this year, but I do think that they have a good team. I don't think they're winning the Cup, but I think they might win a round or two if they get hot and goaltending's working. Yeah, yeah, goaltending's another big thing for Wawrowski and his his $10 I know that we're not doing the whole money thing, money cap space on – uh, 2020 playoffs or anything like that, but um, I mean, he's it, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders. But up front, you got Huberdo, uh, you got uh, Aaron Ekblad, solid defenseman. He could probably have a, a great, great playoff series. Um, there's a this you know Frank Petrano, former Bruin. I mean, he was basically on fire when he got traded to um, to there to find a better opportunity in Miami. Um, I, I don't know, but I hate to say this, but like losing like Vincent Trocek to Carolina was, I don't know if that's going to be enough um, for that team to to make serious news. Um, I like that player. He was good. I but, think they can beat the Islanders, though. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, you got you got two coaches. You got, you got Q, and you got, um, I can't remember his name now. Yeah, me neither off the top of my head. Uh, Guy in Islanders. Sorry, sorry. The, I don't know. He's got it. the neck like this. Yeah, I can't think of his name. God damn it. I don't anyway. care about the Islanders enough. I'm sorry. Um, but they're inconsistent. That's what, like, the Islanders are Barry a good Trots. team. But, like, they're uh, inconsistent. Barry. How yeah, can you forget Barry? <laughs> because I don't care. Like, he's the guy that used to coach St. Louis to me now. Like, a good coach. It's not that I don't like you, but I don't love him the way I love Washington. Coach too. Washington, sorry. Why did right. I, oh, yeah. What I say? St. Louis, sorry. You did too. <laughs> Wrong coach that got fired over there. Sorry. My, my bad. Oh, that was an interesting move when they released him. Like, so we won the Stanley Cup and now I don't have a job. That's messed up. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Just, um, all right. Just one word answer for the West, real quick. Flames, Jets. Uh, Jets. Hollabuck's um, been unbelievable. So, yeah. probably going to be the Vizina Trophy. So, yeah. We'll get to that. I pick the Flames. Oilers, Blackhawks. Um, I'm gonna go Hawks. Goaltending again. Wow, this is a goaltending show. 
Uh, I don't believe Mike Smith has enough in the tank to get the Oilers past a round. I think they have enough to get through, the, not for goaltending, but enough other parts to make it through uh, Edmonton through beating Chicago. And I think they have the added, like, they're playing for Colby, so they're going to be hopped up on that. They're in their home arena, even though they don't get the luxuries of being the home team. It's still, it's their place, you know, and it's going to be extra important. My thing is that the Blackhawks are like Pittsburgh. Like, they're like, all right, you're going to let us in the playoffs? That's cool. Like, you know, and it could happen. And I do think the goaltending is better on the Blackhawks side. But so I guess I'm indifferent on that one. But I do think the Oilers might just from being hyped up and ready to, you know, might carry them. All right, Vancouver versus the Wild Vancouver. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Vancouver. I I, I like the Wild and everything, but I just think that they, they needed another year or two to get – uh, Bill Guerin into a mode of where he can construct a, a solid team and, and build on his terms to get really good in the postseason. So yeah, Van- Vancouver, uh, Pedersen, uh, the goaltending of Markstrom. I mean, Markstrom could have been easily uh, a Vezina Trophy candidate and so on because he played really well. Um, and uh, uh, DPH, not DPHRO. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean Vancouver's really good. They're, I mean, you got the Brock Fessers and and um, uh, Jake Vertanen and so on. I mean, it's just that that that's a pretty solid lineup that could make some noise. Um. Also, I just think I want Canadian teams to be in there, just not Toronto and Montreal. There you go. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm down with that. All right. That. How about Nashville or versus? Oh, sorry. Nashville versus Coyotes. This is a hard one for me. I do love Pekka. I do think that the Predators are a good team. They've kind of had, they're really weird because sometimes they're finalists and sometimes they're like, wow, how did they fall apart that quick? You don't know what you're going to get with them. But I'm going to go with the Coyotes because I feel like this is going to be a fresh start for them, this restart. Like everyone gets a free start, but I feel like all the Taylor Hall drama will settle down. Phil Kessel actually was looking conditioned on the ice for a short camp coming back in a, I'm just going to give it, they need something. That poor, their fans need something. I, I guess they need it more than Smashville. That's I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Paul Bissonette. Uh, he covers the uh, Arizona Coyotes and uh, the uh, one of the hosts on the Spin Chickler podcast. So um, I hope that they do good. I heard something about OEL, Oliver Ekman Larson, probably being injured. I'm not sure. That would, if, if it's true. Um, or I'm just like crazy, but uh, if it's if it's true that he's injured, that could be a huge, huge uh, step backwards in in their defense. But if you look at if you're looking forward, like you said, uh, Kessel's Kessel's looking good. You know he can put the puck in the net on a regular basis, um, and uh, Taylor Hall, um, wherever his hit heads at and what he wants to do, hopefully puts his team first before future contracts and so on. I think he could be a, a benefiting factor in, in a tight series offensively. Um, they have a good tandem, too. Goaltender tandem in Arizona. Yeah, Darcy like Darcy Kemper. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, and he's a young goaltender that played... You know, he's been around the, the uh, Minnesota area and so on. So, he, I mean, basically played a lot with... Um, with uh, like Wow, how terrible with names today. But uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, That's a hard one. I know, I know. I'm not gonna go with, I'm not gonna go with Phoenix. I'm gonna go with. Who are they playing? They're playing Nashville. Nashville. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with Nashville. I mean, I don't. That's a tight one. Oh, that's a fifty. No, that one's one. a hard one. Yeah. I'm gonna go with experience on this one. You know, the the Nashville Predators. They have Pecorine. Um, they have been to a uh, Stanley Cup final. They have been doing good recently in the past couple of years. Um, but it's fifty-fifty. But I'm gonna. How about fifty-one forty-nine? I'm going Nashville. <laughs> Okay, you got it. All you had was a regular majority. You didn't need a super majority. That one is a hard series to decide. Okay, so that's the end of that one. Did you want to pause for like a store next door or something? Yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? And let me grab something right here. We do have, um, we're going to take a break because I need to use the the men's room. But um, we are going to stop and uh, talk about the store next door. The This is a great, great place to uh, shop for items that are made by people with disabilities that um, get a paycheck and live regular lives just like you and I that have jobs and so on. But they make this really cool stuff out of used hockey sticks. So th this right here is a, is a, it's like a pen holder for your desk. Or you could put it on your uh, in your bathroom and, and hold your toothbrush, but it, it it's unbelievable, you know. And they they make benches, they make tables, they make all kinds of great stuff out of used hockey sticks. So if you need anything for the man cave, fan cave, whatever, your bar, uh, your your you know your patio, your deck, go to the store next door .ca. Look at their look at their uh, their brochure. They do tremendous stuff. They ship worldwide, and uh, you're helping out a great cause. They're from uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, um, and they just just an unbelievable company. And we're glad to be working with them. Glad to be buying products from them to support them and using them into our uh, Patreon giveaways. Uh, if you want to get involved in a Patreon giveaway and have a chance to have an item from the store next door. .ca, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast, donate one dollar, and you could be eligible to win a great item from these great people to the north. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back for some more Bruins talk and some probably me and Heather bashing our heads together and, and probably disagreeing. We're not fighting as much as I thought we were going to fight today. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm toning it down because it's showtime, but you know how much I talk uh, offline. Yeah. Oh, just kidding. We'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. Hey Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We just heard from the great folks at the store next door. During our commercial break, just want to show you guys the, the store next door.ca. 
they have these fantastic fantastic items I also bought four a set of four of uh, drink holders you can't see them because my my shit's not working over here but that's a hockey stick all inside there four drink coasters unbelievable products go shop there help them out great cause but we are back talks of Bruins hockey the Bruins yes. the Bruins what the Bruins the Bruins I, I'm gonna remind you don't swear yes we're not swearing on this show we're because not we swearing have some, today I, we might I'm have sure. we might have some longtime Amesbury residents hanging on to uh, as far as this episode it was because we did talk a great deal about uh, a very valued member of the hockey community and just a general great guy, great teacher, Leo Dupree. So if you're still with us, uh, hopefully you uh, continue on, listen to the uh, the um, you know future content, and uh, come back next week for some more, which we're probably going to go out a little off the rails and lose you. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, there'll be a lot more like bad words probably. Yeah, um, I mean we we don't we don't absolutely go crazy on on the the explicitive and so on, but. We do carry a explicit tag on every episode just in case something pops off. I mean, it's just that's just the way we are. So, um, if you happen to stick around, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks for staying with us. Yeah. If you come back, just know it'll be basically the same, but maybe a little more profanity here and there, accidentally mostly. Well, I'll tell you something. We're doing a lot better than last week. <laughs> oh God. Last. <clears throat> Dear God, let this recording come out because oh, yeah. last week I felt so bad. I could just see it on your face the minute I connected to the Zoom call. It was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. And I was like, oh, okay, well that didn't go bad. We didn't, yeah. you know, loot through I was it. So it was crabby, all right. Something. And then when you have a text and you're like, what? I tried. Oh, I know. I'm like, oh, of course, of course. Apologize uh, but, for the technical difficulties. It well, happens. For, the sake of prosperity, hopefully the recording is still recording and we are still continuing well, at this point as we should be. I went back to two ways of recording. One is on the Zoom for the uh, YouTube viewers, and I also have the uh, just another recording on GarageBand over there on my laptop. So iMac for the uh, YouTube viewers and, and I um, MacBook for the uh, audio backup. So in case Zoom screws up, and honestly, to the listeners out there, if you want to record a podcast and so on, be very, be very careful with Zoom because it's so hit or miss. We've gone like eight, nine weeks with with perfect audio and video, and then all of a sudden a curveball comes out in the tenth week, and we get complete audio, complete video on the YouTube side, but when it comes out on the audio, we get like half a show. It's just ridiculous. I don't get it. Wouldn't it be fun though if you just posted the video and people could try and guess what we're saying? Yeah, exactly. Like the second half of the show and just see who sticks around for the second half of the podcast on YouTube to yeah. see, hey, what do you think they're saying? What's going on? All right, let's move on though with this podcast. Uh, let's talk a little, or like you want to talk a little about Fluto's article about having four goaltenders, and we had talked about you know Yarrow and Tuca splitting time, and I think Chris Blackie asked us last week it got lost to the Zoom world. So you go, you go on your goaltenders. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a huge fan of Flutusanzawa. He writes for The Athletic. I highly suggest you go over there and get a subscription. It's like a couple dollars a month. It's not that bad, and they do great work. So, um, But he wrote an article that kind of threw a curveball at me, and, and this is 
this was very unflutal like in my opinion and I'm not I'm not trashing them I'm gonna continue to read them I'm gonna continue to support the website but this was just one that just came out of left field for me and and the reason he said that they should you know he brought up 1973 okay and that was the year that the Bruins last used a backup goaltender in the Stanley Cup playoffs or, or the playoffs and I, I just didn't see the relevancy in that wording and the article is great I, I get it and so on but the way it was just it came off it was just like these are tough times you have to consider this is so unordinary from any other postseason that we've ever been or seen as human beings a lot of us and, and if you're still around to see the first pandemic good on you man you've really done some good work but this is just a different situation you know what I mean what if we get in the bubble and that bubbles not secure what if that bubble is like a nasty breakout and in Tukarask and Yarrow are out you're gonna need those two extra guys around they're not going against those two extra spots aren't going against your total roster for going into the bubble you can carry up to four goaltenders and still have your lineup of uh, forwards and defensemen and carry maybe even a little extra there too so I I see the need to have it um, in case something happens you always need that because if you're not in the bubble with four goaltenders Heather um, isn't it hard to get in the bubble later on when you need to yeah according to the wording it seems you're in by a certain data you don't come in at all obviously there are exceptions for family emergencies or whatever to get permission but even that's like you got to get your gm's visit permit you know so do you get where i'm coming from i do it is unconventional to have the four goaltenders like and i get where he's coming from on that and it hasn't happened in a while but it's also the nature of having the expanded rosters which like you said doesn't actually count against the rosters but it's something the nhl decided that because of how, and this is my more concern, is not how Yarrow and Tuca will perform, because I think they're, it is also a short time span with little ramp up and not the same kind of rest you get in a traditional off season since the shutdown. And injuries are gonna happen through the these four games we talked about in the round robin games, or whatever, the, their best of five series, I write the round robin, or I mean the play-in series. Injuries are going to happen, and injuries are going to happen to the top stars because they're the ones that play the most minutes, and they take the most abuse, and they whatever, okay? Another reason to maybe not throw a stud or whoever, like, right in the fire because we might need them in a, two weeks to be in the fire for us, you know? Uh, but it makes sense to me you would want to carry more because, like you said, you can't, like, say you carry three goaltenders. Well, what if something happens to one and two? Something, and freakishly, these things happen. This is how, like, the weird emergency goalies end up on the ice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't sneak Vladeshin after the bubble's closed if you bring Lagasse or whoever, vice versa, you know. Like, so it makes more sense to just bring them with you. If you don't need them, great. At least they got to come for the ride and experience it with the 31 dudes or whatever that are getting to go. And that's exactly another point that I wanted to touch on was the experience. Not so much for Max Lagasse. I mean, it's good personal experience for him to be a part of the organization, which um, I'm guessing... Uh, he's probably not going to be in the picture in the uh, during the off season. Uh, so under contract, he's doing what he's got to do to be that black ace and 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 be a solid teammate to this organization. So, um, but 
for Vladesh, I feel that this is really something important for him to be around. Uh, learn the winning culture at this particular level. Postseason's totally different. You come up for the regular season and you sit on that bench opening the door and so on, you're getting a, a, a part of it. But really, you're getting Boston passion by being involved in something like this and moving forward in his development, which I continue to believe is going to be a very, very good NHL career for this guy. If Bobasent is still around and, and Mike Dunham is still around to teach this Vladash guy, I think he's going to be something special. So to have him around and absorb this like a sponge is huge. So. Uh, and have as a backup. I mean, he had small sample size down to Providence from de December 1st after a high ankle sprain. This kid, this kid had it. This kid was putting up AHL numbers at the top. I mean, goals against average below two, uh, 93 save percentage. Fucking oops, ridiculous. But um, I, I just think second that, half we're losing it. Yeah, I, I just think that um, you know, this is gonna be good for, benefit to both of them. I just didn't get the. The whole wording of Fluto's uh, article, and, and there's no disrespect to Fluto at all. I mean, I totally, oh, no, we love totally respect him. Hey, um, did, did we talk about this already? But did you hear Joe McDonald got laid off? Uh, I had seen that, but no, we didn't talk about talking about it. He's been very to. quiet on the Twitter machine, mm -hmm. and I happened to go look at his profile, and the Boston Athletic is not listed on his profile. So I think he was one of the the guys that got the the axe and the whole layoff. Because that's another thing with, like, the bubble having very short media access. I mean, quite frankly, the NHL doesn't have to let there be any media access inside that bubble. They could have everything virtually from everybody stay home, go yeah. to your whatever, feel free, I'll give you the login for the special, you know, whatever. But it does stink because a lot of good um, journalists and whatever, you know, whether you're a writer, writer, or you podcast, or you just, like, do Twitter feed, whatever, like, people who cover are in the room and in the locker room traditionally, quote-unquote, you know, yeah. are losing their Absolutely. places. But it's that's unfortunate because they're not expanding media at this time. But, I mean, hopefully everyone will land on their feet. You know, it's a crazy year, and, I mean, we just got to get through it kind of thing. Um, I was going to say about with Ladesh, sorry, just on another thing, not like Joe McDonald, hopefully we... He, we get him soon, you know what I mean? Yeah, if that is the case, like, he, we need people like He'll him. He'll catch you him know? somewhere, I guarantee it. Right. Um, Vladesh, too, I think it's important, like, as you know, you love goalies and you are a goaltender. And goalies are like a beast onto their own self. So I think it's important for that kid to see Tuka and Yarrow work. Like you said, it's not about even just being in the atmosphere. That's one part of, say, that kind of situation. But see what happens. What happens when you have a Vezina Trophy winner, you know what I mean? Yep. Fall apart maybe on a game. Or how just the interaction between Yarrow and Tuca, how it's not a like, oh, if Yarrow's there, Tuca's not crying on the bench. He's like, good, I'm taking a rest. I trust you. You know, like just that well, look, kind look of Look at the future, like, too. Look at the future, too, Heather, is when you, if you put uh, Vladesh and a Jeremy Swayman as a tandem in the future, I think those two goaltenders could be very, very, very lethal uh, um, between the pipes. That's what I want, yeah. right? Because we're not going to always have this tandem. Like, luckily, no. we know we're going to have this tandem again next year, at least, because Tuka signed and we re-signed Yarrow. He's the one of the only people we've re-signed besides when Coyle got so, his extension. 
Here's a here's a question to you, real quick, and this point this point expand on to Chris Blackie, host of the uh, Big Bad Bruins podcast, question on the Ask uh, BNG last week that got cut off short. Um, we we know how Tuka Rask uh, thrives on less games during the regular season, heavy reliance on Yaroslav Halak, okay, and the trust of the Bruins uh, coaching staff. In the future, what would you do about the younger guys? And in and, and the Vladesh and uh, Swayman situation, would you do the same and, and, and like kind of like give them even numbers? Or would you ride a younger um, goaltender that's that, that the body can basically absorb a 50 or 60 uh, game start season? Okay, so obviously you know one of the people I heart more than anything, at least as a hockey player. I know some shady things maybe as a human being, but is Martin Brodeur, right? And gone is the generation in the old time when a goaltender, just like pitchers. Pitchers used to pitch all nine innings of the game. Goalies used to play 79 of the 82 games, right? Gone is that type of goaltender. So on some level, all younger goaltenders coming up are used to having a split. But for me, you should always have a starting goaltender. Like for me, and this is when I get annoyed with Tuka Rask, because I'm not saying he needs to play 80% of the games, but he should be able to play 80% of the games because you're the guy that we picked to be the starter. I do think we live in an age where it's important to have a tandem. So I guess you figure out once you have them together and they're kind of working, these are the goalies of our future, that's the plan. Whoever the one that looks more like a real starting goaltender, quote unquote, like that used to look like, right? Like a Carey Price who still carries his team on his back because there's really no other options for it to happen. That's the guy you have the majority of the games. Now, we also know Tuca, like the way we have the system now is also partly just because of Tuca himself and what he's comfortable with. And as a player, the system he kind of plays best in, right? So maybe one of these younger guys will be able to play 70 games and you know or whatever we don't know uh but i would say you always pick a number one i am all for having an a and b but you should always have an a primarily and that a is the person that you drive so like right now with yarrow and tuca they need to split time for practical reasons you need both of them warmed up right you know tuca needs rest it makes more sense for them to split the warm-ups and maybe even the first round right to get through because we know you can rely on both of them because they have also two with them you can do this kind of tandem because they both have the experience yarrow's been a starter he's been a backup he's a very good role player uh, and the young kids just don't they haven't developed that yet so we also don't know what their personalities and what comes out in them or what the goalie coaches bring out in them on how their tandem might look uh but all these people like it's not a big deal like yes tuka is good when he's got rest right but you also don't want people getting more hurt. He got hurt just at practice. So, like, once they're in game, you know, you don't want him to get more hurt if he's going to play through whether it's totally healed or not. And you want Yarrow warmed up because he is the guy you're going to rely on if Tuga can't go. You're not going to all of a sudden say, all right, Max Legacy, you're in. No, you're what happens when neither of them can start, you know. And someday you're – maybe you'll still be a backup somewhere. Who knows? Maybe he will get a year extension contract here just to have the veteran kind of – you know, he's – more veteran down there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, but I know, also, I know, but I don't. I don't see Legacy sticking around and being the third headed monster. Oh no, I'm not saying he is. I'm just oh, saying okay. that he's, right. if they need a third, and that's what they think is the best decision, you can throw a low level at him for to maybe keep him around next year if you need yeah. him. It makes sense. He's the guy though that's there now because he is, you know, more experienced yeah. and maybe not so much, you know, thrown in the Stanley Cup 
kind of fire, but just generally. He's like the old guy down there right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's been around. He's never been, like, a top, like, thing. But he's had some runs where he's played some games with some organizations, you know, which is good. And that's good, too, that he's been down there with, like, Ladesh and them, who are young, you know, and working with them because... If anything, he does have experience just generally seeing how the game grows, like kind of how to approach this I thought, level he, had, I thought he had a great year. And and, yeah. meet, and meeting him for the first time and, and interviewing him, I think I got him three times in the regular season. Uh, it could be four times that I talked to him after games. He's just a real class act. And, you know, uh, he's just a really good middle depth uh, goaltender. And hopefully he catches on if, he, if he's not in black and gold. But, uh, Kudos to him playing homage to uh, the the uh, old Andy Moog mask. Pretty impressive, huh? Yeah, Andy Moog. Remember when Andy Moog got traded? It was like the or whatever. I even know. It was, was it like Dallas, the last thing ever. Or was it Montreal? Like no, it wasn't. It. I think it was Minnesota right before they became Dallas, or right after they okay. did. Because it all, all happened right. at the same time. First of all, it was like, dude, I felt for the North Star fans. And then like, he went oh to Montreal, gosh. right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll move so, on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I think everything's going to be all right, and I don't think it's that weird because we're probably not the only squad with four goaltenders. We love Flutos. That's just it. That's yeah, that segment it's just the something I wanted to bring up that it's important because, you know, I, I think the narrative also sparked um, some speculation that, well, if, you, if you're carrying four goaltenders, why can't you cut those two goaltenders down and carry another defenseman and another forward? That's not how it works. You have yeah. to carry a certain amount of forwards, certain amount of defensemen, and you are eligible enough to carry up to four goaltenders. So you could keep two, but it doesn't change anything on your on your forward or defenseman line, you know? Yeah. Sorry if I'm making that fate. If you're wondering what it's like, I sound, it sounds like someone's dying downstairs, but no, I'm going to let them work. I can't hear anything. Good. That's good because it sounds like perhaps the kids are ramping up themselves and by kids I mean my almost 17 year old and my 6 year old it's not like they're two like little kids shout out Sebastian and Iraq <laughs> right. I love the Iraqian okay they're full on fighting right now <laughs> we may have to pause before the next topic hold on alright give, give me a second to see what's going on okay. just to peek in because sometimes they sound like they're fighting but they're really not it's just they both have a tone alright hold on okay we are going we are live Okay, next topic, awards. The finalists are all in mostly for all of them. There's a few that will be given out later. We'll just run down the list because, again, we started doing this last week and everything got messed up, but now they're all out, so we can just go down the whole list. So for the Ted Lindsay, which is the MVP obviously voted by the players, you got Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Artemi Panarin. What say you, Mark Allred? I like the uh, the Leon Dreisaitl mention, um, just the way that he played while McDavid was out, like I tried to say last week, I thought that that was, um, it was more heart-worthy, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, uh, just his point totals. Uh, he, I think he was two points per game while McDavid was out, and he went from a one point per game while David was in. Um, so I, I think that's probably my go-to guy. And, and um, Lydia Murph- Murray... Uh, of blackandgoldhockey.com wrote a great article about how she thinks that Pasternak was a little snubbed on this one. 
That was a great article. I read it. I think I hopefully retweeted it. I just want all the writers to know. Again, when I figure out Twitter, I'll be better. I'm trying to, like, follow some people, <laughs> and I'm trying to, like, at least retweet it. doesn't really matter because the same 40 people probably all follow Mark anyways or whatever, but i um, trying to practice. So if for any useful reason I need it. This is hard for me because McKinnon and Dreisaitl are both nominated for the Hart and the Lindsay, so I'm trying to figure out which one I think each one gets. In some ways, I feel like Nathan McKinnon is actually more the Lindsay candidate than the Hart candidate, but I think Leon Dreisaitl is going to win because that kid has been just... Uh, it's hard. These are three great candidates. Actually, aren't they all nominated for... They're all nominated for the Hart, too. Yeah. But... I think that I I would probably those are your three finalists for both those trophies. I am not a player, so I don't really get a vote. I feel like the players are gonna vote for McKinnon for this award, and Leon Drysaddle's getting the Hart Trophy. That's what I think. Nice. That's it. But all right, Jack Adams. Hello, Bruce Cassidy nominated. So we got John Tortorella. Everybody loves torts. He's my favorite angry grandpa kind of dude. And Bruce Cassidy, our own. Okay, I know you like exploding. You love him, yeah. And another uh, guy that was mentioned a little earlier in the show, and both Mark and I both love this guy too, uh, Elaine Vigneault from the Philadelphia Philadelphia Flyers, who have been trying to make something out of kind of wasn't much happening there and uh, has seen it finally turning around like they were trying to do there. So what do you think is going to happen with this award? This is a weird award. You never know who's going to win because it's never the person with the best team. Yeah, yeah. As I said on the uh, previous episode of the uh, Dub and Change podcast with Nick, Jema, and Nestor, um, I I went with Alain Vigneault, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. I really want Bruce Cassidy to take this one home. He does deserve it. I, heavy bias on that one. But when you think about that award, it's it's like... It's another one of those like inspirational ones where you picked up an organization and took the ball and ran with it the way that you can do it to be so successful and not one that is always trending on a high of success. Um, I think something to do with the rebuild and a lot of these um, award considerations. But um, yeah, I, as much as I want Bruce to get it, uh, I think Elaine Vigneault is the, the guy that's uh, winning this one. Yeah, I think Bruce deserves it, but the person never gets credit when they just happen to be a really good coach on a really good team. That being said, I think Vigneault, he's going to win it. Like, he has to for what's been going on in Philly and then Limbo. You know, just it's been a year in Philadelphia, and they were finally coming into their own right before everything shut down. Three great candidates, though. I can't argue. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I do think Cassidy deserves it, but I don't know if he'll win it. He should. He's been nominated like two out of the last three years. How can it not be your turn? But you're right. A lot of awards are that. So then there are certain ones that kind of are go more like points and that kind of effect. And that's the Calder Memorial for the rookie, right? You got your Kale McCarr. You got your Quinn Hughes. And you got Dominic Kubelik from the Blackhawks. What say you on Calder? I'm a big fan of Kale McCarr. I got to go with um, the availability to see his games at UMass. Um, while he was there before he left and uh, turned pro with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I think he's a he's a solid player. I mean, he's going to be like the OEL of uh, the uh, Arizona Coyotes, I believe, someday. Just that 
rock solid and, and, and offensive defenseman that just can be a game changer in the blue line, you know, and he's already starting in his pro career just to be an unbelievable force and you know, geez, I mean, I, I, if I had my choice, I'd give him the uh, the uh, Norris too. But you know, we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, we'll um, get down that on the list. Yeah, solid player. Happy for him. Uh, I, the thing is, like most of the year, I would have said Quinn Hughes. But if you look all and like, I love Kale McCarr, and I think that he kind of ran away with it, kind of halfway through the season that was played of. I guess being more all around impactful on your team. Do you know he, what I mean? But he Quinn could, uses Quinn uses had a hell of a season too on the back. You know what I mean? Like very rarely do you again. You know how I feel. Defensemen aren't really defensemen until they're like 25, 24, 25, 26. Everyone takes different times because they have to grow into their man bodies. It's different than being quick and fast and moving. Fast, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but I think Kale McCarr is going to win. He should. He could be like um, the Bork or Lidstrom. You know what I mean? I mean that's that's high potential for like Norris considerations for a career, and those two were just unbelievable, and they were always. Well, I'm sure he'll get some. <clears throat> oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm actually sure both of those boys will get some in their careers, but. <clears throat> no Masterson Trophy, sorry Memorial Trophy. My voice is going. Uh, so uh, the hockey writers nominate someone from each team, right? We kind of went over. When we knew people uh, that Kevin Miller got nominated from the Boston writers, uh, sportsmanship and perseverance and dedication to hockey. <clears throat> this one is a strange one. It usually comes back to the best comeback story, which is weird because good on everybody for having a comeback story on some level. You got uh, Stephen Johns in Dallas, uh, Oscar Lindblom in Philly, and in Ottawa, Bobby Ryan. So all, I mean, everyone's stories, I'm sure, were very worthy of being finalists. So shout out to everybody who was nominated by their respective uh, writers and their, or, you know, uh, that cover their organization. Uh, that have the actual vote, not like us. We just have opinions, <laughs> but opinions count too. Uh, what say you? I, I the, the Stephen Johns and and his personal PSDD issues. Um, Bobby Ryan with alcoholism, um, you know, and uh, uh, is it Oscar Lindblom? Lindblom. Yeah. Okay. All right. I and and cancer. It's um, so, three solid candidates. Um, but um, for me, it's got to go to uh, the Philadelphia Flyers forward. Uh, no, a defenseman, right? I don't remember. Yeah, Oscar Lindblom. So that's, I mean, that's, I still like about Philly generally, not him as a human. <laughs> like yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah, like yeah. I'm glad he's coming back. I mean, yeah. I don't really know their lineup, but no, I think uh, yeah, I think he's a defenseman. But uh, no, and I he was only here for a little bit before he went out, so it's not like I heard about him long enough to. No, it's a good story. Good, good, good Philadelphia prospect. Um, tons of potential, and uh, the story just really fits well for me, and so on. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into details on why. I mean, Bobby Ryan was another one, but that's, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard to think about when you when you, you know, put well, everything into categories. But for me, cancer and coming back from it is something that is just. It's a life battle, and it just gets worse every year. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. Alcoholism to me is just something that ugh, I don't know. It's it's very vague, and I really don't want to get into that because I'll probably get shit on for it. Well, I'm gonna pick Bobby Ryan because I think, although Ottawa continues to be a mostly dumpster fire, 
for him to go out and come back the way he did, you know, working whatever he needs to work to be alive, you know, alive in essence too. He made such, this isn't a slight to let, because cancer is obvious thing. Like I said, as a Bruins fan, I always will remember when Phil Kessel was like a 19 year old kid that was like, you know, like, oh my God, him going through all his stuff and, you know, the comeback. I'm happy that he might be skating with his team and be able to play, you know what I mean, and things like that. But I'm going to take Bobby Ryan only because he's kind of had his career. Like, his comeback to me is just a little bit more leap on the sense that he had a career that he blew up and he came back. And he it's like dad came home and dad is clean and sober and it's a total different locker room, I think. Because we always talk about how Ottawa, like, three years ago was, like, a contending, like, functioning team and now they're it's mostly their owner's fault but that's one of the things and it is hard though like how do you choose whose like comeback story right. all no, glad everyone's healthy and happy and moving forward you know hey can i can i break in here and offer a little breaking news do what you want all right so black and gold hockey.com website writer and he covers the providence Bruins so much but uh this one comes at an nhl level and he comes out with um, this is Tim Richardson, by the way. Follow him at Tim R. Richardson. Uh, yesterday, Cassidy said he needed to cut uh, two guys before going into the bubble. Bleeding carry, not showing on roster anymore. Looks like Coleman, Senishin, Studnika, and Frederick are heading to the bubble. <laughs> so I... Thank you, Tim. I even guess whose face that's for. I just. I know. Rrr. Thank, thank you, Tim, for breaking that. I promised you on the Slack channel that I would uh, give you a shout out. Fantastic article on Euro Vakaninen, by the way. Please go to blackandgoldhockey.com, search Tim Richardson, and uh, check out his recent work on his prospect coverage and updates of last season moving forward so sorry about that you and tim love the prospects yeah. prospect guys. <laughs> well that's my tim boy tim richardson guys. he's also the uh co-host of the uh black and gold prospect podcast we are going to kick back as soon as the nh the american hockey league gets back on track after um this uh covid shutdown or just pause whatever but um yeah we're going to do that so that's going to be a lot of fun getting him back on a weekly basis to update all the prospects from the AHL down to the talent developing around the world. I was going to say, and even if, depending on what leagues, wherever in each league, even if some of our guys aren't, you guys would be good too. You keep everyone. Maybe you guys could do like a draft thing. You know what I mean? Maybe like a one-off. You guys could get together right before the draft to see what's going on go. and do a little update because you guys have like great that. chemistry and also very informative because... Like I was say to you, I care about the prospects, but I'd rather care. Yes, no, I say no, I care more about what's going on on all the other like playing against the Boston Bruins team. But right. I do want to know what's going on with the Providence Bruin and anyone who may or may not come through our system. You I know, just think I think, pro I think prospect news is really starting to pick up a lot more lately, and you see it from the NHL level and their and their coverage uh, on the social media. They're starting to get more involved, which obviously sparks a lot more interest from that level, and it's it's good content to flow down. So, and well, and I'm even, for, I'm fortunate to be enough to be right in the middle of it, watching from the press box uh, at most occasions, 
So it's just it's just a very thrilling thing to do and cover and talk about. So that's why I really like the, the, the chemistry that we have. We can talk about the Boston Bruins, but if you ever had a question about a certain prospect or, hey, somebody got injured, who could come up? It's always a good avenue to ask me about who I think, you know, just in my opinion. Don't I do that on text message anyways? Like, you dear do that. God, which, That's why we're which a good team. Three people do. Yeah, I, I try to keep. Uh, it's like I'm keeping up with it, but not like. They, um, what was I going to go with it? All right, Lady Bing. We're moving on. Everybody's story is great. Comeback kids, all of that. You guys, maybe, like I said, you could do something fun. Do you listen? Oh, that's what I was going to say. The NHL, even one, the NHL Network or whatever podcast that they have, they even have Draft Flash. You listen to that, right? So, like, I do. they are pumping their own, like, because yeah. they want people to get invested in these players before they get here. Absolutely. And part of the NHL is. So, like, if you're an American or Canadian player, even if you're from America or Canada, you may have heard if you played, you know, college hockey or whatever thing, like, you might have heard of some of these players. They play each other. Even just as youth people, right? There's like inter, uh, like whatever tournaments where both countries, you know, all the yep. best mites or whoever show up and all those yeah, kind of things. I, I, don't know I, I, I don't know tournaments. Like, yeah, thank you. So like those, so you kind of know, but like you don't really grow up watching the Swedish prospects or who will who when you hear their name later. That's what the Olympics used to serve as, but then exactly. everybody and went to pros. It's not amateur anymore. Okay, so Lady Bing, most gentlemanly conduct in sportsmanship. Okay, well, I, I don't personally know these guys, so I guess I'll... Uh, uh, Nathan McKinnon, again, uh, must he's must be an all-around swell kid because he keeps getting nominated. Everyone seems to like him. And he's uh, Austin Matthews and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Ryan um, O'Reilly annoys me for weird reasons. I don't... Jesus, did you do any penalty numbers on these guys? No, not invested. It's not us. I don't care. I would have to go Nathan McKinnon. I'm going to go with Nathan McKinnon because he's the only person who the police haven't had to talk to this year. <laughs> and I get that's off ice. Because you didn't drive your truck into a Timmy's. <laughs> and you did not after a girl didn't want to talk or whatever. Oh, she, yeah, that's right. That's oh, right. The security guard, the female security guard. Oh. Jesus. Boys, I guess. No, I'm just oh. kidding. I, I don't know. I that's think a, name. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> Someone else was saying that too. I, I'm sure that wasn't original. I think I probably heard that originally. Like that's the idea. Right. But okay. now that I'm looking at the list and I'm going down, I give credit to whoever it was. So if you happen to listen to this, like I do recognize that was probably not original. Maybe my wording, but not the idea. That's but funny. it is true. Like, I don't know. But I also don't play against them on the ice, and that's really what the award's about. Okay. <laughs> the Vizina Trophy. Connor Hollebuck, sick. Jets, probably winning in my opinion, whether he should or not. Tuka Rask, our very own, that's right. How happy were you when you saw Tuka's name? You loved Tuka. Again, you had a Tuka crush long before anyone even could say Tuka Rask. Big fan. Big fan of it. Um, I just, I hope he gets it. I really do. I'm pulling for him. But I, I think the Hollebuck story is going to overtake anything that I'm going to say or think of. Um, I'm more about what happens completely during the season. I thought Tuka was playing well, had some good numbers, but uh, Hellebuck's going to be the, the type of player that will take the limelight because no defense you know, or everything else that happened to the team. And yeah, I'm I'm above the stats over the story. So, um, 
Well, there are some categories where Connor's stats actually rival. And I don't want to forget Andre Vasilevsky was the third nominee. Yes, uh, yeah, we hate him though. No one who needs to talk to about him. Everybody knows who he is. Uh, also, he won last year. He can't win again this year. He hasn't had that standout of a season. Um, I think, I don't know. Connor Holloba, it's hard. Because, like, Tuca overall absolutely should win this award with these nominees, at least for this season's play. But Connor Hollebuck has been playing some pretty good goaltending, you know, like, so <clears throat> net minding, whatever the proper verbiage would be there. Um, all right, Willie O'Ree, Community Heroes, none of them are from our area, but I did want to say Dampy Brar, Alexandria, Bugs Blake, and John Hafferman, good for you. They're from Calgary, uh, Maryland, so I'm assuming um, the Capitals nominated them, and Columbus. Uh, again, shout out to any community leaders. As we talked about at the top of the show, we uh, gave up a community leader in our community this week. And uh, But good for all of them. Whatever work they're doing, you can find more about their causes or whatever that they're doing. And uh, good for them. We're moving on to the selfie, though, okay? Because, again, Patrice Bergeron, nomination 950. No, I'm just kidding. Number nine. Nine straight. Why? Because everybody loves Patrice Bergeron. Even if he shouldn't be nominated, he'll always be nominated. He's Patrice freaking Bergeron. Um, all right, so Sean Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly. Who say you? I am going with Sean Couturier. As much as I want the the Bergeron to take home his fifth and leading uh, Selkie and break away from Bob Gainey, um, I unfortunately cannot say that he's going to win it. I think Katori is going to get it. Uh, just due to, to the Bergeron injury time this season, I think that might have a little effect on the voting. Uh, but, uh, you know, both play a very similar style. They are both uh, two-way defensive forwards that just, you know, they own three zones and they completely um, set the pace uh, on any rush or, or any back check. So, I... It's tough for me. It's tough for me, but my heart goes with Katoria. Um, I think it's funny. We're total Eastern Conference bias because we're just ignoring Ryan O'Reilly as if he never even got nominated to. Like, yeah, dude, like, mm, but, and he hasn't had the season that he's had in the past. I think Patrice will get five, but I don't think it's this year. I think Sean's earned it over the last few seasons and kind of the sum parts in this year and what's gone on in Philly. To me, I think he's going to actually win it, but don't worry, Patrice. There's still time for you to get that fifth, and you know sure. you will. Sure if that. anything, it'll be the year he retires, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, all right, uh, the Norris Memorial Trophy. You got John Carlson. You got Victor Hedman. You got Roman Yossi. I am going for Yossi, but I would also like to just uh, kind of throw a wrench in the spokes of this operation and say... Jesus, no Kale Makar should have gotten high honors, too. That's just my he, opinion. He could have been nominated for this. Absolutely. Um, I think that John Carlson's going to win it. Points. Because, and this is why. Because they don't have the split. Everyone always complains. Well, first of all, he ran away point-wise for the defenseman this year. He was off and running and never looked back to anybody else. He like could have broke 100 and some points this yeah. year. A defenseman don't do that. No. We're fortunate to get a, a 60-70 guy in Tory Krug. Yeah, so he, for Carlson, for me too, is like he did that and is still a stand-up defenseman. He's not one of the offensive defensemen. He's a, he's is a stand-up defenseman, so great. And he is on a good team or whatever. They have a good defense. 
I think he's going to win because of that, like for the long haul, just like you said with the um, Zena Trophy, that it's the long haul to the sum of all the parts. But I love Roman Yossi, and I would really like him to win this award. I think he's a great leader. I was happy when he got his money. You know, like I just, he to me is the, I guess, no, I don't want to say premier, but he is really what a defenseman in this league at this time and place really should encompass, I guess, is what I'm go. trying to yeah. All right. Last one. Hart Trophy. Leon Dreisaitl. Nathan McKinnon. Artemi Panarin. Are, are we gonna? Basically, we're back to Dreisaitl and McKinnon. So yeah. I, so I, Dreisaitl for me. Pass the next snub. Just saying. Yeah. Let's get. Lydia, yeah, shout out Lydia Murray. Great article, by the way. Do you want to comment? Just on just one word answer. Do you think Pasta should have been nominated for this award? I do. But. I get it. I do get it. You know? I don't. You know why? Because he's not the most valuable player on our team, even though he scored that many goals. And I think that's why he's probably was fourth or fifth on the voting. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got to be high up in there because we haven't seen anyone's balance. Oh, sure, right? sure, sure. Only certain things, but uh, your your goal consideration and your production is heavily going to be considered. But your overall game is also going to be another area where people are going to uh, evaluate when it comes to like an MVP type of season. I, I totally get what you mean, you know, and I, I think that uh, a player like Leon Dreisaitl, that fits a lot of categories because of his point production when he was with McKinnon, I'm sorry, with McDavid, and what happened when he wasn't with McDavid and it went to two points a game was just, I mean, that shows heart. I mean that that covers a lot of avenues of of uh, what that uh, trophy exemplifies, you know. Yeah, and I think that I do. Um, I do want to say Rangers fans, if there's any Rangers fans, listen. I know I listen to other people's teams' podcasts. You know what I mean. Uh, I do see your Panarin argument too, because if the trophy is most valuable player on your team. I think if you're going to go between Dreisaitl and McKinnon, McKinnon's actually the MVP of his team just because it's not Dreisaitl's fault, but just like Melkin, you're going to have to always live with the fact that you also skate with Connor McDavid, right? Right. Uh, but I do think Panarin, hands down, is the MVP of the Rangers and almost single-handedly. Well, not single-handedly. Zabinajad and that. Like, people, they were starting to come together. Oh, sure, but sure. Absolutely. Uh, just for the record, if anyone's wondering, I think Brad Marchand is the MVP on our team, uh, just as an overall player, has developed into... He's the piece that we will have trouble, because he does a lot more. Like, he's more well-rounded, too. Maybe that's age and experience, probably, you know? I mean, he's an old guy now, sort of. You know, he's in his 30s. You're not the only one to say that. Yeah, but uh, anyways, that's that. Uh, GM of the Year, uh, the Jim Gregory, the nominees, and the King Clancy will be announced at a later date. They're giving out... And uh, one winner for the Mark Messier Award. No nominees this, uh, no finalists this year. That's going to be given out during the conference finals. So stay tuned for what happens. All right, we've got to get this Inga rant in. Okay, this is just a 30-second thing. Um, I know people, lists are just lists, and I'm in on that too. But sometimes you see lists and you're like, damn it, how can the NHL always disappoint me, right? Or NHL Network in this situation. Usually it's their things. Every time we talk about them, I say that. Um, no way in hell that... Morgan Riley is a better defenseman than Tory Krug. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, there you go. That's it. I don't disagree with any of the other lists, just that part. All right. Um, oh. I have to give a huge shout-out to our boy, 98.5, the Sports Hub writer, 
Ty Anderson. Um, I've had the honor of meeting Ty at a development camp. Great kid, unbelievable writer, um, and happy to follow him and so on. But also happy to hear that he is doing well. Uh, needed a break. Needed a mm -hmm. break. You know what I mean? And I respect somebody that uh, takes a step back and collects their, uh, you know, whatever's going on, and then comes right back in it and ready to freaking go to work. So. Um, shout out Ty Anderson. Please follow him at Ty Anderson. He and, and uh, 985 Sports Hub. Um, great articles. Great articles. And, and I like Ty. Yeah, big fan. So uh, great to have him back. Great to see his tweet and so on. And 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 the uh, the the outpouring love for him and his return uh, was also great to see on Twitter. Um, Connor Ryan and the gifts and it was just really cool, man. So. Uh, the, 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 it, and it's a good time too I mean you know the hockey coverage is picking up this is Ty's good time this is Ty's comfort zone and 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 you're going to see him like really grind it away so uh, awesome to see him back So, welcome back Ty alright two quick more things just one I saw that because I'm again I, I don't know how to do Twitter but I followed all the teams so I can see what's going on with every team at least uh, the Flames sent every fam all the families players families flowers and with like notes that are like hope we don't see him till October or whatever kind of thing I just thought that was nice for the organization and I'm sure other places are doing it too but that's classy that they recognize the families are giving up a big sacrifice too not only do these boys have to potentially 10 weeks be quarantined in this bubble but at least for eight weeks or whatever the families will also have no access physical you know whatever access to them so that was i thought nice and the last thing is release the kraken <laughs> oh here we go this is so stupid all right I now listen now, everybody's gonna think that i'm the uh um clint eastwood on the front porch get off my lawn you know type of guy or the i'm the old man that that yells at the cloud or whatever in the simpsons but come on it's like i'm so sick of like you know, names that don't exist. I mean, oh, it's a mythical creature, so it been around a long time. Yeah, so it it just I don't know. I I really wish they would have gone back in history. I I would have loved the sockeyes. The sockeyes are an actual fish. That was a copyright issue because there's some like romance short story. Yeah, thing that I know. I heard about that. that. You know, that would have been cool, but I you know what. <laughs> do you want me to tell you why oh, the, the, metro awesome? the metropolitans the met i don't want to hear what you <laughs> yeah oh, okay awesome. one the metropolitans would have been a great idea but then they'd end up being shortened to the mets and nobody needs another mets okay there are a lot of great choices that you could have had you could call the them metros i don't think we do that as americans like <laughs> i think it would be because Stop we used to call the mets the mets right like right. If, if you could guarantee the met but still right because that all the mets is short for is probably it was shortened to metro and then it went to Mets at some point it's awesome for many reasons why i did not vegas to have a team and i was mad and then they disappointed me i unlike everyone else although they have had a great couple first years i don't my old crotchety hockey person thing is I don't like all the whistles and blow. It just it doesn't line up. It doesn't line up historically correctly to me. And I hate the like the Golden Knights was like so of all the things you could do. I like it because it spices it up. It's got no plural. It is any word that's a plural and a singular at the same time has my heart. I'm just saying. Also, regardless of all the ridiculous gifts about release the Kraken with Liam Neeson, Krakens are actually kick butt 
they've been around a long time as mythical that you know they're scary and I like that it's different how many jets do you need or Bruins do you need or something I don't want to always have a team just named after whatever the object closest to that was like oh we'll be the Islanders because we're on the island cool like you know what I mean or we'll be the Sharks that was kind of innovative at the time people were like oh Sharks you're going to call your team now shark seems thing, but I like it and I love. We're not gonna, we're not gonna agree on this, but I will agree. I will agree on the jersey. The jersey is pretty sick. I saw I, somebody. Oh, I do like the S. I like the eyes and everything, but the name, I'm not gonna. No, I can't do it. I love, I I love you and everything, but no. It was on the. Um, oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. No. Yeah, wait till you see the awesome. You might be my my so-called little sister or anything like that, but no, you're not getting okay. me on this one. Remember, I'm a right a lot of the times, and you're like, no, no, and then you're like, all right, you're right. So here comes um, the woman power. Had, had like done, you know, sometimes like who's gonna be on the team or whatever. I thought it was funny, like some people like player, 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 player with like lines, whatever. <laughs> But there was a one where it was like a mock thing, and like Brandon Carlo was on the team, and so it said, if you thought I was mad about Colin Miller, I don't remember who it was, but I was thinking, oh, I'm still mad about Colin <laughs> Miller. Another exactly. reason why the Kraken will always be forever. I'm mad at Boston about it. I'm mad at the Golden Knights because I just, again, I'm Golden Knights. How can that Kraken be worse than that? I'm just saying. Nothing against Golden Knights. I do think most sports teams are probably stupid names, like in the, you know what I mean, in the long run, if you really analyze it, like, hmm. You know, how intimidating can that be? But anyways, that's it. Release the Kraken. I was right. Well, I predict. I was going, either Kraken or... I'm like, if this isn't going to be Kraken, I was having a crazy thing. I'm like, it better be the Sound Gardens. Heather, do your, do your contractual obligation and tell everybody to follow us. Oh, um... I would mostly follow Mark uh, <laughs> at his Twitter, at Black and Gold Pod, or his personal, Black and Gold 277 you can try and follow me. I don't even know my own Twitter. It took me 22 times to even get a Twitter handle. And it Inga seemed, the Big Mouth. At it seems on me, too. That's funny. So, anyways, you don't have to follow me. I'm not interesting. I'll just retweet anything Mark tweets anyway. So, just if you, you're already following. But, anyways, that's my contractual obligation. Please Jesus, go. last week was like power through. This week's <laughs> like we can't stop. Please go to all your uh, listening platforms and give us a five-star rating and say uh, some good words or some bad words or what we should do differently about the show. Um, if you want to get involved in any of our giveaways, it's just a dollar per episode, folks. Just one dollar per episode. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Donate that one dollar. We have signed pucks from former uh, players. I have a whole ton of them over here. I got stuff from the uh, storenextdoor.ca. Um, I got shirts from Fanatics. We have like, a, I think I'm at the 40 marker. So we need 12 more items I want to pay for. And then we're going to start dropping episodes where we give away an item every week for the whole year. No more, no more backlog. No more of this this I'm going to search for people because I need this size of the shirt. Nope. You get an extra large shirt or a large and then you get a great item and we're going to send it right out. So, thank that you being said too, if you're not a Patreon member but you want some awesome merchandise, also go on the blackandgoldhockey.com and go to Fanatics and buy your stuff through there. Exactly. Or, or if you want to get some summertime merch, 
summertime merch from the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Represent while you're watching summer hockey in August. Go to bngshop.bigcartel.com and order some of our exclusive Black and Gold Hockey merchandise. Um, Thomas Nystrom did a fantastic job on the design and he's doing all the logistics on shipping everything out. Great shirts. Extra lodges, uh, 20 bucks. Anything below that is $18. So get on board with that. We certainly appreciate that. But um, want to thank you, Heather. Another great week. Great recovery from uh, our, uh, our massive uh, dump and chase fail uh, last week. All right, shh, don't curse it. We're almost <laughs> done. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Yes, but anyway, for Heather Ingerson, I am Mark Allred, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We bid you adieu, and we will see you next week. We will be talking more Boston Bruins hockey as they will be in the bubble this time. In game one when we record before. Exactly, game. exhibition time talk. And so on. We will have you updated on everything moving forward in the bubble madness. But until then, my Until Robert. then, Heather will pray that Don Sweeney comes out and goes, Everybody calm down. Tori's getting seven to five to six. It's fine. It's fine. Calm down, everyone. And we're not and we're not releasing the Kraken. So we, uh, we'll talk to you later, everybody. Peace out. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.